Hey everyone, welcome back to another season of Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. On this show, we dive deep into how you can use data to measure, manage, and optimize your health with the latest science and technology. This show is brought to you by Heads Up, which is our web and mobile app designed for individuals and healthcare professionals who need a precise way to measure and manage health data. Check us out at headsuphealth.com. If you've got comments, questions, or feedback on this show, shoot us an email, support at headsuphealth.com. We'd love to hear from you. And with that said, let's get into our next exciting episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. I have a very special guest today, Sarah Slickty. And Sarah is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcaster, and radio host. She recently ranked the most popular Lyme disease podcast by listennotes.com. The aim of each episode on her show is about educating, encouraging, and inspiring people who are living with and battling complex chronic illnesses. And we're going to dive deep into working with chronic illnesses on this show. Since recovering from Lyme herself, she has created fight.heal.live coaching program, authored a children's book about Lyme, and filmed a documentary on chronic illnesses called Disappearing from Society. She appears weekly on the WGLRO radio station talking about chronic illness, Lyme, and the power of mindsets. And she is from Colorado, has five kiddos and two dogs. And there's actually a funny story on how Sarah and I met. So I'll share that here briefly, Sarah, if I may. Yeah, and, go for it. Uh, you were in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm, which I'm in quite a bit. That's where the hub of alternative medicine is, as you know. <laughs> so I'm at the pool at my condo complex, working on my tan. You know, it's hard work. You got to keep those D levels right around 70 nanograms. You know, so you really got to put the work in. And uh, I'm sitting at the pool and right next to me is uh, my friend, Greg, who lives in the building. And you were there as well. And uh, mm-hmm. one of my uh, nerdy moments, I had just got back from Dave Asprey's upgraded conference, which had taken place a couple of days prior in Florida. And I had the conference I guess the manual or the magazine they give out and it had all the vendors in there and it had all yeah, of the, the syllabus, all the, the... Syllabus, the agenda. So I was just going through it all. Cause every time I go to those kinds of events, Dave's been incredibly inspirational on my journey. So I was just leafing through it and clearly that got your attention. Cause we started nerding out over like biohacking and what was in the syllabus and stuff like that. So two total strangers, are nerding out on the syllabus from the biohacking conference. And as we started talking more, we realized, holy crap, we have a ton of stuff in common. You're a podcaster. You have personally recovered from Lyme. You're now helping other people recover from Lyme and complex chronic illness. And so it was just kind of serendipity, honestly. Yeah, that's so funny. I actually forgot till you mentioned that, that that's how we started talking. But yeah, that's not surprising for me to be like, oh, that looks really fascinating. Like what? Uh, you just went to a conference. Who is this, this? guy? Like, Why are you reading yeah. this? I'm really interested in this stuff. <laughs> and then we just like didn't. And you have this like device on your arm. 
that. Yeah, I probably had a CGM on my arm for sure. I probably had an Apple watch on, maybe an aura ring. Who the heck knows? So, um, yeah, that's how we bonded. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And I would just like instantly, I saw the title and I was like, oh man, that looks so good. I wish I'd gone to that conference. <laughs> and then, and then I did consider not giving back your booklet. <laughs> Our mutual friend has stolen the booklet. So, um, <laughs> He clearly found some value in there as well. But there was so many amazing things we had in common, Sarah. First of all, it was just our shared vision on approaches to health and wellness and managing chronic illness. It was like we were 100% like-minded and aligned. We also talked a lot about some of the more progressive therapies out there, hyperbaric oxygen, ketamine wellness, other things that can be done to work with really complex chronic illness, and also uh, that can be useful for, for many people, even, even those who are not dealing with chronic illness. For and sure. then I found out about the work you're doing at Envita and helping other people go through their journey with these very challenging conditions. And I just was really eager to get you on the show. And, and we have a lot of individuals that listen to this show. They're users of Heads Up, and they're using Heads Up because they're trying to self-manage themselves effectively. They're working with a care team, but they use our product to carefully manage their health. Many of them dealing with a lot of the conditions you have experience with. And there's also a lot of um, integrative and functional doctors on our platform who are working with patients dealing with these conditions. So I'm just really grateful that we're going to get an opportunity to get a download from you on all of your experience in this area. And I know that when we were preparing for the show, we realized that we have like so many things we want to nerd out on that there's no way we're going to get to them all. Definitely not. (laughs) So uh, we got to start somewhere and maybe we could just start with your journey. Okay. Well, it's funny. I'll circle back around to what you said. The most popular Lyme disease podcast, which is like an oxymoron, right? Like (laughs) the most popular Lyme disease podcast. If you know anything about Lyme disease, I mean, chronic illnesses are all the same at the bottom of the basement, right? They all suck. It's all hard symptoms. It's all fatigue. It's all hard stuff. But Lyme, because it attacks your neurological system, is just intense. There's a struggle to get a diagnosis, which is intense. So there's just this longevity factor. And so I always joke that like anyone who actually listens to Lyme voice, I'm like, I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm this sorry you're so popular. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry you're searching out a, a podcast on Lyme disease because it's not a fun topic. It's hard. It's hard. And like I had mentioned to you, like heads up. And from what I've understood about your story, like it's really about optimizing your health. And for me, I didn't come to a place where I understood optimizing your health until after I had had such ill health for so long. Mm -hmm. So for me, I mean, I got bit, Lyme disease is transferred through ticks and also spiders and fleas and all sorts of stuff, but it's a bacterial infection. And I got bit when I was 18. So my whole adult life has been shaped by this not fun topic that I have tried to take and leverage and create something good out of what's been really, really hard years. So it was just funny when you said the most popular podcast. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, but it also means that people are not finding answers where through the conventional channels. And I have some friends going through it, and it is gut-wrenching 
to hear what they're going through. And so for you to be able to provide that voice, it just means there's a lot of people who need help out there. Absolutely. I have said that so many times. If there were easy answers, I wouldn't have a job. Mm -hmm. Like I've been podcasting now for five and a half years. Before COVID, I was doing speaking and stuff that's kind of crashed. And especially when you have a podcast, like you just reach so many more people through podcasting and webinars and summits than you do even in speaking events. So, you know, there's a need for all of them, but yeah, you, if you know someone who is going through Lyme disease, usually they, I mean, now because I podcast about it, people, you know, oh, my friend has it or my so-and-so friends had it for 10 years. And there's just this like almost cringe or lack of understanding just as like, that person is suffering and that person has been going through treatment and or trying to find answers. And there's so few answers. And I think part of what I get to do, I'm not a medical professional at all. I'm not a certified nutritionist, a holistic anything. I am a survivor and went through it. And most of what I do, I'm about half and half as far as like podcasting and production. And then I just do a lot of two hour coaching calls every week because There's so many, like, you know, this, when you are seeking health and you are trying to monitor and you're trying to find answers that either your doctors don't have, or you're only going to see your doctors every few weeks. There's so much life in between that doctor's visit that you're so dependent on and so hopeful for like, okay, maybe we'll find, you know, the next step or the next treatment option or the next protocol. But in the meantime, like weeks go by and then you're living your life. So what I really get to do is talk about the emotional and psychological side of things that is rarely dealt with in the physician's office, right? They don't have time and that's not what you're paying them to do. And that's not the problems you want them to solve. So it's a weird dynamic and a weird industry. But I said six years ago, I think it's a tsunami that's coming. Mm -hmm. And I think it's already here in part, but people, there's a ton of misdiagnosis. Lyme is said to like mimic 300 diseases. So ALS, Parkinson's, dementia, fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's, like most people by the time they get a Lyme disease diagnosis have a bunch of other diagnoses that are already lined up. And that's really hard because it's like, okay, what do you deal with first? That's a typical conversation. Like what do you... (laughs) Which issue do you deal with first? What I have just seen from a non-medical perspective, coaching survivor perspective, is that usually if you can treat the root cause of Lyme and there's other co-infections, which is almost always a bacterial, it's often fungal and viral at the same time because your immune system is compromised. So one triggers the other. But if you can treat that underlying infection, a lot of those other chronic illnesses go away with Lyme treatment. So let's talk about that. So how would you start going to the root of this type of infection? And you are working with some of the most progressive treatment modalities out there and seeing this on a day-to-day basis. So give yeah, us so, a start. So I was sick for several years. I was in excruciating pain for seven years, off the charts, bone pain, way worse than child labor, childbirth, excruciating neurological pain deep fatigue that is incomprehensible. Like I can't even describe it. I would just hit a wall. And sometimes it would be an hour after I got up. And sometimes I would have six hours of energy and then I would just hit this wall. And it wasn't like, oh, I went out and did two a days and trained, or I just ran a marathon fatigue. It was this 
broken, dysfunctional fatigue that just stopped you. So I was also basically in bed for two years. And this was in 20, like 10 and 11 and 12. And in 2013, I found, I got a diagnosis from a nurse practitioner. She was the first one who said, hey, you presented with chronic pain. And that was one of my diagnoses, chronic pain syndrome. But she said, you look like you have Lyme disease. And I'm like, I don't even know what what is that? And she said, uh, her first statement was, be prepared. She said, I'm going to test you. But she said, be prepared that the test is going to come back negative. That's really common. And then she said, be prepared to start operating outside your insurance system. Because if you want accurate testing, you're going to have to go outside your insurance company. And in a matter of a few weeks, I was at that point fighting for my life. And that was a long fight because I had already been in bed for two years and my recovery took about two years. So I don't say that lightly. I was in a wheelchair. We moved out of our two-story house. I was having seizures. I was not functioning. And that whole process led me very quickly to find Invita Medical, which is why I'm out in Scottsdale quite a bit is because I go out and do quite a bit of coaching calls for them. So I went through their treatment program and it was two months at the time. And there's like with anything in the alternative realm or any of life, like there are people who in the Lyme community say, treat this with antibiotics and you'll get better. And this is kind of the one and only way to go. And then there's people who say, don't treat with antibiotics because you're killing off all the good bacteria and you're just kind of nuking your system, which if you've been on IV antibiotics for years and years, which isn't uncommon, you are like you have gut issues and all sorts of other stuff. So Invita is one of the main clinics where you basically are there two to four months and you live there. You got to move there. There's another clinic called Lyme Mexico. There's another one in Germany, but Invita is probably the leading as far as treating neurological Lyme disease. Tons of people can treat Lyme disease. That's pretty common. Mm -hmm. If it hits your neurological system and what it does is it goes into your blood and then it goes, it changes form and then it goes directly into your organs. So what it does is it attacks whatever organ is weak or, and sometimes that's more than one or two. And so it just wreaks havoc on everything, but that havoc rotates. So it's super hard to track and a device like heads up to me, like that makes so much sense because I was so many times sitting there like, is my heart rate jumping? Like what's happening? Like, cause you think after so many years of going and telling the doctors like, okay, this hurts and this hurts and my heart feels like it's skipping a beat here. And then, you know, you you run through all these tests and you see all these specialists and you're always within the margins or nothing stands out. So the treatment at Invita to me seems, I don't see anyone uh, repairing neurological damage the way they do. Mm-hmm. And they have a program called IRAD where they lower your blood sugar very, very low. And then they give you the antibiotics so that it crosses the blood-brain barrier. It's fascinating. I think it's, I don't see anyone else doing that, but it was for me. Here I am. I'm in a wheelchair, having seizures, excruciating pain. And I was at that clinic. I couldn't even imagine what life would be like without pain at that point. I just was hoping to see my kids graduate high school. I was like, oh, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to live in pain, but maybe I'll be alive when my kids are graduating. And when I started going through the IRAD program, it was just like this light switch came on where my brain was working again. I wouldn't lose my train of thought. I could articulate things. I wasn't twitching and having tremors like I once was. Like 
it was just this huge game changer for me. And recovery is not just this like one protocol and you're done. Like I was years into recovering from all the atrophy and, and I did everything Invita told me to do, took tons of supplements plus a ton of other things. So it wasn't like this one and done, but they do have some of the most progressive treatments and it repairs the neurological system, which is just almost an impossible task, I think. Well, man, that's incredible. I want to go back to a few things you mentioned, and I, I was hoping you could just add some extra detail for those who okay. are listening. The first thing you mentioned was the testing. And you mentioned that the nurse practitioner had said there's some tests you'll get from the conventional medicine paradigm. But there's also tests you're going to have to pay out of pocket for that may provide some additional clarity. So for those who are listening that may have gotten some conventional testing that had come back with nothing conclusive, can you share some of the testing options that are out there for people who are looking to maybe get something a little more definitive once you go uh, towards more of the the cash pay uh, testing world? What's out there? Oh, yeah. Good question. You know, Igenix is probably the most popular. It's in California. And I think it's about $1,000 somewhere in there. It might be $1,500 at this point. But Igenix is... Igenix, yeah. It's probably the most common and well-received, depending on which industry you're talking to. Like if you're in Western medicine and you're seeing a Western medicine doctor, one of the very first things when I paid out of pocket and I did Igenix first was, or I did the Igenix test, my Western medicine doctor said, well this, they always come up positive. Igenix will always give you a positive result. And there's more ambiguity there because now, now yeah. you know that's a false positive and, and that uh, Western one gave you a false negative. So now you're taking even more ambiguity. Good Lord. There's, oh yeah. It's terrible. There's no straight answers in this industry. And there's a book called Lyme Madness. I'd interviewed the author years ago named Lori Dennis and She's a psychologist and she talks about her son going, you know, through this hell of like the madness of trying to get basic answers, the madness of an insanity. It's just like this black hole that you end up in trying to get testing. And then you do find testing that you think is good. And then you, your doctor says, well, okay, I'll actually order that test for you, but I don't know how to read the results. And so, I mean, I feel like I've had every conversation where I just had to get to the point where like, okay, if you don't have answers for me, point me to someone who can like, okay, you don't, you don't agree with that testing, but I've been sitting in your office for 10 years in excruciating pain and you have no answers, no avenues. Like I'm steering the ship here. Exactly. You haven't done shit for me. So like, okay, give me something to go on here. Yeah. So Igenix is probably the, if you haven't done it, Igenix is, is, it, is a good... How is it done? Is it a blood test? Is it saliva? Is it, how is that test administered? Um, is it a PCR test? All right, we'll look it up and, and link to it. You also mentioned a book, Sarah. That- uh, Lime Madness is a really good book that just talks about like some of the complexities. Mm-hmm. In the 1990s, Lyme disease has been around, like known for since the 70s. But in the 90s, the CDC changed the guidelines to test positive. So there's a ton of conspiracy theory or... <laughs> 
modern uh, big pharma stuff that goes on in the background that a lot of people were testing positive until the 90s when the CDC changed the guidelines. So even getting a diagnosis sometimes can be so hard. And I remember after so many years just being like, oh, okay, I finally know what's going on. You know, I would always ask like, do you know anyone that has chronic fatigue? Do you know all my friends? Do you know anyone in their 30s who has chronic pain, chronic fatigue? Like what? This is insane that I'm doing this. And like, I went gluten-free and did elimination diets and anything that I could think of within the wheelhouse I was in at the time. And there's just not a lot of answers. There's just, you have to dig for them. You have to find them. And that's what I say. Like the reason I have a job is because there's no easy answers. And if the doctors can't solve people's medical problems, that's not my responsibility. And it's not even what... I'm there to do. It's simply these week by week conversations with people who have been in this like mud for years. And it's like, okay, here's your three options you have this week. Like, what do we do next? How do we keep going forward? Because right now you're not living your best life. You are not happy. You are begging essentially for answers. Like, what can we do within the options you have to keep you moving forward? So, two weeks from now, we're having a different conversation. So it's confusing. And I'm going to give you some really vague answers because that's what's out there. Well, I mean, that's that's helpful. At least there are some other options to get testing out there. But it sounds like even at that, there's no definitive answers. So um, there's starting to be. And like if you have a doctor who like an alternative or a doctor, and you can get a Lyme literate medical doctor, LLMD, they're going to be able to read those results and do more with the information that they're given. So, and like I said, Igenix, Invita now has, you have to go on site, you have to be there in person, but Invita now has a PCR test called PathoDNA that I did a couple of years ago. And just from their mouth, they say it's 98% accurate. And like, I can tell you, like on mine, it had like They test for, I think, 12 or 15 different bacterial infections. And at the time, like I had three positive, so three different bacterial infections of some kind that were showing up in a urine test. So there are options and there are answers. You just have to dig for them. And you probably have to travel out of state unless you're in Phoenix. Well, you were starting to get into the treatments at Invita, and you mentioned the first part, which was interesting because it sounds like they're deliberately lowering blood glucose levels, presumably through some kind of either, was it fasting or was it carb restricted or how were they doing that? No, it was medication. So, I mean, you go in fasting that morning, but then I forget the med they give you, but yeah, they lower your blood sugar to a certain point. And then they deliver the antibiotics. And then they deliver the antibiotics so that it goes through the blood-brain barrier. Interesting. Okay. And then what else can you tell us about some of the different ways that they're attacking things? You and I talked about a bunch of them. We talked about like ozone and we talked about um, hyperbaric. We talked about psychospiritual approaches. So can you share more? So that's the first part you mentioned is lowering blood glucose, uh, getting antibiotics in. What else are they doing in their protocols that is having success? So I think probably the most popular and the most common is that they're pulsating antibiotics. So running you through three to five 
different sets of antibiotics on a regular basis. So in vita specifically treats Lyme and cancer. They treat other chronic illnesses in there, but it's predominantly Lyme and cancer. So when you go in, you're on a rotation of different antibiotics. And then in between there, they do high, high dose of vitamin C bags. They do hydrogen peroxide. They do ketamine, which we can talk about because ketamine has just been like a game changer in the chronic pain community. They do therapeutic ketamine. So it's like longer sessions at higher doses. So it's about a three-hour session that you sit there for. But ketamine has been proven to be an antibacterial and then also in and of itself, but also it just goes in and cleans out the synapsis connections, non-medical. That's just what I'm <laughs> repeating. And I've seen it restore people's balance, their gait. One of the things when I went to Envita for the very first time was uh, I just saw people who looked like me, in a sense, frail, a weird gait. And for me, it wouldn't happen all the time. There would be days that I could walk. And then there would be days that I could walk and all of a sudden I couldn't. And I would almost like start this weird like hip limp thing. And so therapeutic ketamine has been a big part of helping people recover, stop the pain, stop tremors, but then restore their gait, but also like prevent vertigo because a lot of people have vertigo. And so ketamine has just been a huge, huge part of what I've seen people healing much more quickly but then also like restoring their quality of life, whether it's stopping the pain and the emotional aspect. Well, I've done quite a bit of research into that on my own. And there are centers here now in Arizona and other states. This, you know, The benefit is this is now FDA approved and can be administered in a, in a clinical setting with experts that can get you through it. So uh, I'm really optimistic about that type of um, approach as well. I, I know you and I also talked about the psycho-spiritual, the, just the mental health benefits that can come from that as well, because you've just been getting your teeth kicked in for 10 years. There's there's obviously trauma and PTSD associated just with the emotional load. Oh, for sure. Come, come on from all of this stuff as well. So being able to process that can be a side benefit of that therapy as well. Is that a fair statement? For sure. Absolutely. Well, and it was interesting because I listened to one of your prior episodes where you were talking about PTSD Mm -hmm. and how you were talking about how they studied different aspects of different illnesses or different chronic illnesses and how people with PTSD had one of the lowest HRV rates. Okay. That I literally paused and rewound that like over and over again, because one, it was interesting that you guys were talking about PTSD as its own category, because usually PTSD is, I mean, it's its own diagnosis, right? But there's so many other factors. And especially if you have like a a big thing like Lyme or something, the PTSD is almost like, okay, (laughs) the PTSD is minimal in comparison to what you went through, right? So it's easy to or I think for me too, it's easy to dismiss or diminish the impact and severity. And yet like depression in and of itself renders people in, you know, unable to function. And then PTSD, man, that side of things is so deep and so misunderstood as far as like Lyme disease is misunderstood. Mental illness is 
misunderstood or considered a chronic thing. And so it's very hard to deal with. And our Western medicine medical system doesn't have a lot of answers for chronic stuff. But I just thought it was fascinating because with Lyme, one of the things that I felt but didn't understand and a device like yours like could be such a game changer for people trying to figure out what their body's responding to. But going from the parasympathetic, mm-hmm. so switching back and forth with your nervous system, when your nervous system is being attacked, right? Like with ALS or Parkinson's or Lyme disease, your nervous system is actually being attacked and that myelin sheath is being destroyed. Like Lyme disease actually eats that myelin sheath. So your nervous system isn't just theoretic, it's actually under attack. And to be able to track how quickly your heart rate can go back and forth between fight or flight. So with Lyme disease, people end up being in fight or flight all the time because Long, they're nervous. extended, persistent, sympathetic, dominant state. And that just compounds, the emotional stuff just compounds the load on the system that's coming from the infection. And that just blows up everything on that whole uh, hormonal uh, system inside of body. So if you can use some of these new therapies coming on the market, because there are no conventional approaches to treating the psycho-spiritual side of it, the trauma, maybe there's depression or shame that's just come from what you've been through. And so if you can get the treatments from these progressive centers like Invita that know how to clinically treat it using the absolute latest and greatest approaches, both conventional and integrative combined. They just, they know how to specialize in this. And then you also have some tools where you can start addressing like, okay, I have some tools to help with the emotional part of it. And there is medicine out there for emotional trauma and it's psilocybin and um, ketamine and other things that are now MDMA that are now coming on the market. So now you're treating it at the spiritual and the emotional and the trauma side. And then you've got the clinical things coming in. Like you mentioned, the vitamin C drip and the peroxide and the uh, pulsed antibiotics. And you're at Invita, you're in the constant care of experts. And then you've got a person like yourself who's been through it. And you're now working with people week to week, coaching them. And you can come to them with experience. You're not just some medical professional with the best intentions, of course, but who hasn't lived it. So like now you've got the support from someone like yourself who's lived it. And you can be in in Phoenix, Scottsdale, and the weather's nice. And you can go outside and and get some vitamin D and meet some weird dude at the pool who's got this like... (laughs) I love this from a conference... But uh, the point of the story is like you're hitting it from like the emotional side and you're hitting it also from the clinical side. And it's like maybe you could share like some wins uh, to give people Mm -hmm. some inspiration here of people coming out who have been transformed. Yeah. You know, this is just Lyme is just a heavy topic. And like we said, it's not like the funnest topic by any means. And it's not glamorous. And no one, it's this accidental journey that is in a sense forced upon people. And it's then which so much of life is what's actually happening. And then there's what's actually happening and then how you react to it. Right. And so with Lyme, it takes away, I say that a lot of times it's an Everest sized task, but you're like showing up for it at your weakest. Like I have a friend who 
summited. He didn't go all the way to the top, but he went to he summited somewhere up there. But he's healthy and entrepreneur and well funded and trained for it and did all this stuff to. You got good odds. Yeah. And a lot of people are showing up to tackle Lyme disease after years of being sick and or disabled and or broke. It just costs a fortune to operate and try to treat everything. And so you're showing up at your weakest. And so it can be heavy to go into calls with people where they know that they're not doing better and you know that they're not doing better and neither of us really have answers in the medical, but like they just need someone to talk to about that right? Like, Hey, I'm doing everything I know to do. I saw these three doctors, like, I don't know what else to do. Like, yeah. Okay. So one of the things that is so neat, and I have some weekly coaching calls for people who are like out of treatment or like a year out of treatment where it's weekly, but then there's a lot of quarterly calls and it's like, Hey, call me when you need me. Those are a lot of it. So people are like, Hey, I just started this treatment protocol. I'm you know going to be three months in and So a lot of those calls are hard and heavy and there's not a lot of answers because we're just trying to figure out like within this person's resources, within their geography, what can this person do? Huh? Within their financial means. Yeah, their financial means, of course. Yeah, it's a huge thing. What type of support system do they have? Are they disabled? Do they have home health care? All that stuff. So a lot of times you're just, you're digging for a needle in the haystack a lot of times. And one of the most, fun things about coaching and about having done line voice, even though it's so heavy, is that you do get those calls where someone says, Hey, I listened to that episode on being EMF free. And I actually put myself in a Wi-Fi free environment. And for the first time in years, I slept through the night or I heard your ketamine episode and I went and did ketamine and I had balance again for the first time or my vertigo stopped. So those wins are like hard, hard fought and they're tiny in the scope of like backup and functioning, like stop a seizure, but they're amazing because, and I had, I had, you know, people say, oh, well, like if you've been doing this thing and if it helps one person, like it was worth it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I get that saying. And I would have said that myself, but if you're doing it right, you can impact more than one person. Like you and I are having this conversation. Thousands of people can hear it. Like the information, it just goes out and provides hope to people. And sometimes that's not tangible hope. And sometimes that hope doesn't actually manifest for that one person for months or even a couple of years down the road. But I get those calls all the time saying, Hey, oh my gosh, like I just chose to, instead of living in fear today, because my coaching program is called fight, heal, live. So fighting is a mindset, healing consists of choices, and then living is the outcome. And the mindset part, when you don't have a lot of answers, is just so huge. Because mindset says, keep looking. Mindset says, get a coach, go to counseling, do something so that even if your situation doesn't change, even if your health doesn't change right here and now, what can you do internally to be regulated? What can you do emotionally to still be living with, you know, okay, you're in a wheelchair right now and you don't know when that's going to change. What can you do within the confines of a wheelchair so that emotionally you're living your life. It's all heavy stuff, but those wins to me, when I get those messages or someone, I mean, this is one that I've gotten a bunch of times. So suicide is one, suicide is the leading cause of death in the Lyme community because you're broke. There's not a lot of hope unless you're really like fighting for it and looking for it. And so 
I have gotten countless number of emails that say, hey, I was listening to your podcast at three in the morning and I chose not to commit suicide. Like you were talking about not committing suicide. And I chose right then and there that I would not do that. Good God, man. That's heavy and awesome. You know, to right? that, that like you touched someone right in that darkest hour and they decided to make a choice and keep fighting and find some light. It's incredible. Yeah. So it is. It's both. It's heavy and awesome and hard. And yet when you go through something like this, you know, it consumed my life. I would say it's consumed a vast majority of my adulthood. It's shaped my profession. I owned a real estate company in Rio Rancho, New Mexico with my brother. It's still there. It's absolute real estate. And when I went to treatment in 2013, I signed over my rights to the company. I had not been in the office in two years. So when you go through something that extreme, and then like even after Invita, I did a full three years of protocols and tons of 65 supplements a day. I did the Gerson therapy. It's basically daily juicing where I juiced once in the morning, but it's daily juicing mixed with coffee enemas to start detoxing your liver. Fascinating. Like I did Gerson therapy six days a week for three years. Juiced, did two coffee enemas. And I mean, that just consumed a huge, huge amount of my time, but it was, I could feel it repairing my neurological system. Like I was just better and I had more energy and more stamina if I did a coffee enema and I juiced every day. Well, if you could get that immediate biofeedback to feel better, I mean, that's really all you need right there. You know, you, you brought up a really uh, interesting um, point here. This show is called Data Driven Health Radio at the end of the day. So I'm curious about what are some of the main uh, lab markers that would be a good indicator of um, progress. Like I'm not a medical professional either, but I would, I would imagine there would be biomarkers that can be tracked over time. Heart rate variability being one, and you don't need a blood test for that. You just need a good device to measure it. There's a bunch of them out there for a bio strap, Garmin. So getting that, that daily HRV. But what about like some of the lab tests that you pay particular attention to as part of your progress, like um, inflammatory markers or um, other biomarkers? Are there any specific ones you can reference here that, that are really good indicators for people going through this that are oh, commonly a- tested by like Invita to get a baseline and then look at those over time? Anything on, on like top lab tests that you can speak to? Oh, that's a really good question. And I don't have a good answer. Well, let's mark that for um, follow-up then. Maybe we can take that offline and I can include some stuff there in in the show notes for those who are interested because we're big advocates here of people having access to their own labs and being able to see markers improve over time. And especially if you're working with multiple providers, that becomes a fragmented mess. And then you're so fatigued, you, you can't even fix the fragmented mess. Oh, you can't. I, yeah. I started heads up. It's like, just give me all this stuff. Let me manage it. Give me one dashboard. So um, maybe we can uh, follow up on that offline. Just yeah, I can, I can answer that. You know, inflammatory factors are always indicative of something, usually some infection level. Yep. But I don't know specifically... Well, let's follow up on that one. I think it'd be good. Okay. Like top three to five, like inflammatory markers that, and in the United States, you can order your own lab tests online. Hopefully you have a a cooperative doctor who will run all those for you and bill your insurance. But if not, those are like 
that barrier is coming down. So um, you, you can at least start to get some of those yourself. And then for um, things you can measure at home, obviously keeping blood sugar in check is super important. And there's different ways to measure blood sugar. You saw my CGM on my arm. Yes. And there's really incredible technology to help you measure what's happening while you're sleeping. So that's going to measure things like your respiratory rate and your resting heart rate, your HRV, your core temperature. I'm just coming off an illness. And every morning I could wake up and precisely see all the indicators going up and down in real time. Oh, I bet that's fascinating. That I could get because... First of all, it helped me understand where I started, how high things went, and then just getting that immediate feedback as I started resting and and seeing the numbers respond. So there's lots of things you can measure at home, and those numbers can help give you some peace of mind. They'll give you immediate biofeedback. You don't have to wait for the doctor to get labs. Oh, that's so huge. Yeah, you can use the technology just to get immediate biofeedback on how you're doing. So blood sugar sleep quality, heart rate variability. There's a few others that I can think of immediately, but I'd like to add in a few lab tests as well. That'd be a really interesting topic for another show. It's just like, how can we give people some ways to quantify this on their own and get immediate biofeedback every single day instead of having to wait for like lab tests every six months? And that way people can try interventions, like they can do the juicing and the enema and see, wow, my HRV went up 15 points last night and I got a way better sleep. I'm doing that again. And that just happens that the oh, totally. instant. I think I told you this, that like I have come at this place from coming at trying to tackle my health from a place of crisis, a device like heads up to one, if you're at a place of crisis, know what you're dealing with. Because when you don't know what's going on, when you're being told, Hey, you're fine. You're within like a lot of Lyme patients are saying like, is this all in my head? Well, you have a traceable, if you have the right doctors and the right labs, you have a traceable organism wreaking havoc on your body. And the doctors don't know that. And they have this tiny little window of information. And so you do end up having to be your own practitioner. And I have intentionally forgotten a lot of stuff (laughs) for my own mental well-being. But I remember learning how to read labs and then going to my doctor and saying, okay, what about this, this, and this? And what about... And having a device that tracks everything and insomnia is probably like one of the most... They're all hard symptoms, but insomnia is chronic. I didn't sleep for 10 years did not sleep and still struggle with it to this day and because of the neurological implications. And so to be able and spent tons of money on sleep studies and to be able to track your own information. And then here's the thing, you can find those practitioners. A lot of them are out in Scottsdale who do really care about you and do want to help you. And if they have access to, okay, yeah, I actually did just juicing or I went gluten-free for two weeks and this was the impact on all these biomarkers, or I did Gerson therapy and I think it might've helped, but like, what are you seeing? If you can give data, uh, I think collecting data is the wave of, I mean, that again is already here, but it's the wave of medicine. And I think data, when you have enough of the right data, Data is leading to diagnosis in ways that, you know, for so many years, I was waiting for a doctor to give me a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And if you have the right labs and you have the right data, you can come to a diagnosis, whether or not your doctor believes in Lyme disease or not. 
Yeah, having the information, first of all, is going to help your own mental sanity because you'll be like, listen, okay, people are telling me this is in my head, but these lab markers are horrendous. <laughs> so clearly it's not. Uh, right. Or that my numbers and my heart rate variability are like, you know, single digit numbers. It's like, okay, there's clearly something wrong here. So that alone destigmatizes the whole thing, right? At least you know for yourself that you're, you know, you're not making this up or people telling you that it's in your head. You can immediately get that off the table. And then you have some baselines. You know, the challenge I would imagine is there's a learning curve to learning how to, to track it and use it and get the stuff. And, and if you're already in a place of extreme fatigue and exhaustion, you might not even be able to get there. But that's where I can work with people like yourself who can say, hey, I'm going to get you set up with just some basic instrumentation at home. And this is going to give us real-time updates on like how things are going. So um, I know you and I have decided that we'll do a separate session and I want to walk you through the heads-up dashboard. But we're pressing on at, at an hour here and we've covered a lot of incredible ground. You look incredible. Sarah. So everything you've done is just really a fantastic. It's, I think, the beginning of a lot of work that we can do together. And if I could ask you just in closing here for for people who are listening that this um, resonated with, how can they get access? I mentioned at the beginning, but if you could just reiterate uh, the podcast and also your coaching program and also the great work that's being done at Invita. And if there's any other good resources out there in Scottsdale or other places, that will be an awesome way to to cap the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You can find me at linevoice.com. I'm on Facebook, a little bit on Instagram, but mostly on Facebook. And you can reach me through any one of those places. Just reach out. And I do do a lot of coaching for people who mostly have a diagnosis, some in the cancer realm, but mostly in Lyme disease. And, you know, we didn't even talk about, like, there's so many more things. Exosomes were, like, huge for me. Like, repairing myself physically after all the atrophy. I've heard of exosomes from, like, a uh, stem cell treatment program as well, but we didn't even touch on that. We didn't even talk. Yeah, we didn't talk about peptides. We didn't talk about exosomes. Like, there's so many. That's another one we didn't. Man, we're just leaving so much on the table here. Those are awesome. They're huge. And I, you know. on them. That's the thing. Like I have done whole episodes on peptides and whole episodes on exosomes, right? Because I've benefited from these things. And it's not just one thing. It's usually like so, so many. Peptides, really quick. Peptides. Can you share a, a couple snippets on that, or is you? Just, oh man, on. no, I'm not. I'm so bad. I have to go back and look at my notes if you want me to give you anything. Right, uh, I have a whole doing, episode. We're doing, we're doing a follow-up show. I'm going on. Right I have now. a whole episode on peptides. So let's that just, was just to that in the show notes. Then. Okay. Link to okay. Your yeah. Episode on peptides. Your podcast. Do you have one on exosomes? Yep. Well, it's not specific. It's part of the neurological treatment program in one of my episodes. So yes, we address exosomes. But what it does is exosomes helped me heal physically. Like a lot of it is internal. It's neurological. I felt like I got five years of my life back physically. Like I was five years younger. Exosomes, peptides, ketamine. Like this is all the really, really juicy stuff. We'll put all of this in the notes. I'll send you a bunch of those links mentioned here. So we'll, yeah. if, you're if you're listening, we'll include all of that stuff. Invita, could you mention anything on them? Invita is amazing. If you don't have a diagnosis, if you're wondering if you've been through tons of treatment, call them, tell them Lime Voice sent you. 
we're actually, so I've been doing line voice for five and a half years. And in January, I'm going to start, we're launching a second podcast called Unpopular Decisions. And I'm really excited about, I love that name. Right. Everyone says that. I'm so excited. Our website isn't even up yet. It'll be up in January, but it's unpopular decisions and it's about overcoming health and not just health, but overcoming aspects of life that are holding you back. And it will be a lot around health because that's been my story. But most of those decisions that I made were unpopular, even like with my doctors, with myself, like everyone told me I was crazy for going out to Invita and spending a ton of money. And I didn't have a ton of money. So I sold my house to make that happen. But all these significant things in my life, even coffee enemas are so like simple. And yet like it was a game changer. I have a whole story about how it helped stop my seizures, coffee enemas. And so there's been so many unpopular decisions that I have made that have led to significant growth in my life that we're going to focus on those broader chronic illness topics, not just Lyme disease, because a ton of people have Lyme and don't know they have Lyme. So We're going to branch out into that chronic, broader chronic illness realm. But I would tell people in closing, like, if you don't know what's going on, keep asking questions, reach out to people who do. But there really is hope, even though we're, I'm giving you like, we just talked about all the really, really hard stuff and it is hard to track and something like heads up would just be like such a huge source of validation. But we have these treatments now. We have peptides. We had exos. We do. We have ketamine therapy. We have hyperbaric oxygen. We have incredible ways to measure ourselves. And that that is to me like, yes, it's hard and heavy. But I also want to put a message out of hope that like you can get access to this stuff that like three years ago was sure. unheard of and not even on the radar screen. Well, and what I tell people all the time is I see people healing in a wide variety of ways. Like it does cost what it costs to recover from a neurological disease. And I would say that marker is between $50,000 and above for the most part, like out of pocket. But even if you don't have $50,000, I see people healing with herbs. I see people healing. It's not short. It takes forever. Everything Mm -hmm. takes forever. I see people healing nutritionally. I see people healing. There's a center out in Boston called Lime Laser, and it's an all natural. They're just onto something. Dr. Douglas Wine out in Boston, and he does it by targeting bacterial frequencies. So fascinating. And people are healing. So whether it's Invita or Lime Laser or Gerson therapy, like there is hope in healing. Like, don't let someone in your community say, okay, you know, everyone knows someone in their community who's been really sick for a long time. And that does happen, but there is hope and healing and it happens in so many different ways. So there absolutely, absolutely is hope. Don't give up, make those mindset decisions, you know, choose, choose to operate within the realm you have and keep making decisions and not in a sense, giving up on yourself and what you hope for your health long-term. I love it. Well, let's see. We had a huge array of information here and we only scratched the surface, but this was awesome. Thank you for the work you do in the world. And thank Thank you for taking to come share with us here. When you're in Scottsdale next time, I'd love to take you out for dinner. We'll get Greg to come out. Maybe he can return my book. So, uh, who knows? Hit me up next time you're in town. So, I will, for sure. Again, and uh, this was amazing. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank 
you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 